Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Welcome home everybody, happy to have you, alhamdulillah. Um, inshallah, I pray, how's Ramadan going? First 10 nights, uh, subhanAllah, first 10 have already passed or have just passed us and now we're stepping into the um, second 10, which uh, as you can recall from our, our last um, our last session on Monday, we talked about the narration in which the Prophet ﷺ was uh, attributed to have said that in Ramadan there comes three tens of nights. The first ten is its mercy, the second ten is its forgiveness, and the third is uh, emancipation or freedom from the fire. And so I wanted to take some time during heart work during Ramadan uh, to talk a little bit and discuss a little bit about these three sections of the month of Ramadan. And uh, specifically, you know, how these three sections are um, a rubric that the Prophet ﷺ gave us to increase the quality of our Ramadan and to make our Ramadan experience better. Uh, we talked about mercy last week. What do you guys remember from the idea of mercy or the topic of mercy? Anybody? That the word comes from Allah's mercy. Huh? Good. The word for womb of like of the mother comes from Allah Taala chose that word from His name, Ar-Rahman. So the idea that mercy is something that is embedded into uh, you know our very existence, but it's it's embedded into the human experience, especially through motherhood. But that this idea of mercy is something that is supposed to be uh, you know propagated. People are supposed to be merciful to one another. It's something that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala expects of us to have towards each other. Okay, anyone else? Anything from last week? Everyone here, first time today. <laughs> Anything else last week? Mercy? Even if you forget about it or you're not aware of it at certain times of your life, that every breath that you take or any blessing that you have um, is always encompassing you, it's always surrounding you, even if you're not aware of it. Very good. The mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is something that is uh, indescribably ubiquitous. It is constantly, like we are, if you can imagine, like we are sitting in it, right? We are absolutely steeped and immersed in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I was just talking to somebody just a few moments ago, and uh, we were talking about this idea of how we frequently complain to Allah about things that we don't like. We get upset when, when things don't go the way that we wish. Um, and we tend to feel sorry for ourselves when things go bad, right? So if I get a flat tire on the way here, I'm like, oh Allah, I was doing some good khair. Why, why would I get this punishment on the way to a halata or on the way to iftar, right? Or if I'm donating uh, and it's become difficult for me to donate, I'm like, why is this so hard? I'm trying to do a good deed. And we get upset when things don't go the way we want, but we don't question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he gives us mercy when we don't deserve that mercy. Right, so we, we question Allah when we feel like He gives us challenges that we don't deserve. 
So if Allah gives us something and it's not exactly what we wanted, we feel like, you know what, I don't deserve this. We get a little bit flustered. But we don't question when Allah allows us to wake up. When Allah Ta'ala allows our stomachs to work fine. When He allows our eyes to be okay. You guys ever had a moment where your eyes started to go like haywire? Maybe you started seeing spots or something, right? And you're like, this is it, I'm going blind. Like, and you start to get real, like, like worst case scenario, or you have a ringing in your ears and you're like, oh my God, and you stop listening to music for 10 days. Maybe there's Allah telling me to stop listening to this, right? The reality is that when, when Allah Ta'ala, when He suspends temporarily the blessings that we are so used to, we think of that as a punishment. Instead, we should think of tests and trials not as the introduction of something negative, but as a suspension of what we're already used to, right? When, when, when you drive to work the same way every day and it takes you 20 minutes and you're used to it, and then on the 21st day they start doing construction, you're like, man, what is this, right? Why? Because they suspended the route that you were already accustomed to and you were, you were so frustrated now. But in reality, you didn't spend enough time thanking the, the city or whoever for that route every single day that you took it for the past however long, okay? So when we think of Allah's mercy, it's important for us to think of it as something that is constant. That's what I want us to leave with. Allah's mercy is constant. Allah's mercy is not something that we are uh, um, you know, temporarily receiving or that we're getting only sometimes. It is absolutely and totally occurring to us at all times. And the only difference in the mercy of Allah is the amount and the, uh, you know, and really, to be honest with you, it's, it's the awareness that we have of it. And that's why we ask Allah Ta'ala, Oh Allah, make us cognizant of your mercy. Make us thankful for your mercy so that we are always aware of it so that we can be, uh, you know, we can be grateful for it. The next 10 nights are the nights of forgiveness. Forgiveness and mercy have a similar uh, relationship, but they're different. Okay, mercy is like the, the manifestation of, uh, of, of this blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the thing that facilitates our life. It allows us to be able to exist comfortably with enjoyment, with things that are beneficial to us. Forgiveness is what? What does it mean to forgive somebody else? Everyone's just waiting for iftar. Everyone's like, what's forgiveness? Someone wrongs you and you let it go. Okay, someone wrongs you and you let it, let it go. That's part of forgiveness, good, yes? Okay, so it's, a, it's, it's like the language of mercy. Like mercy has many languages. Forgiveness is one of the languages of mercy. It's when you show someone mercy, you give them clemency. Okay, you allow this person or allow this individual, you forgive them because why? Well, there's many reasons we'll talk about inshallah, okay? Forgiveness, yeah. Oh, you act like it never happened. Oh, wow, mashallah. One more time, louder. You act like it never happened. You act like it never happened. How many of you can do this well? You can forgive and act like it never happened. How many of you have been forgiven, mashallah? How many of you have been forgiven, but you are always reminded that you were forgiven? You know what I'm talking about? So the person forgives you, and then every time they see you, they're like, man, it was so nice of me to forgive you. <laughs> All right, don't do that thing again. I may not forgive you the second time. And, and this is, again, this is an example that Allah Ta'ala in the Quran, He abhors that. He abhors that. Because the reality is that that's not forgiveness. Okay? We'll talk about it, inshallah. So forgiveness is, in the word, the word in Arabic is ghafara to forgive something, to forgive somebody. And actually, linguistically, what it means, subhanAllah, is to cover. It means to completely drape something over so that what is underneath is unrecognizable. 
And not a coverage in the kind of coverage where the shape of something can be known. You know, if I had a basketball here on the table and I covered it with a blanket, everybody would know, okay, that's some sort of ball. Like, you know, they may not know specifically what kind, but they would say it's some kind of ball. But if I were to cover this table with a sheet and have something underneath it, the draping of the sheet over, right, the blank space underneath this table, it would completely erase from your ability to recognize whatever was under there. So when we forgive somebody, that's what we're trying to accomplish. We are trying to accomplish a level of forgiveness in which we and they and anyone else around who may have witnessed the, the act that is being forgiven, it does no longer recognizes what the act was. It was as if it never happened. And this is a, 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 this is a responsibility that we have as people who forgive to follow the methodology of Allah and how He forgives. And we'll talk about this inshallah, okay? So many of us, we understand hypothetically what forgiveness is, conceptually, but how many of us have trouble forgiving? Raise your hand. Okay. You know what I love about that question is like slowly you have people raising their hand because they start to get honest with themselves. And one of the benefits of like Ramadan is that it's a time of clarity, it's a time of honesty. Forgiveness is easy for some. It's, if Allah blessed you and, be, and being forgiving is easy for you, then that's amazing. If you can just overlook things and kind of like, you know. But there are some sensitivities and some vulnerabilities, right? Some raw nerves that everybody has that when they do it to you, you have trouble forgiving. Who wants to share? What's something that if somebody does it to you, you just can't forgive them? It's so difficult. Don't, don't tell a story. Don't be like, well, my brother. Yeah. Disrespecting someone you care about. Disrespecting someone that you care about. So someone's disrespect. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Right? I always tell people, man, you know, I, I always bring up my kids. I'm like, there's kids who pick on my kids. I'm like, I'm about to put them up, man. Let's go. Square up. Like, <laughs> let's fight. And it's like this five-year-old boy. <laughs> but that's the reality, right? When you love somebody, when you love somebody, when they get disrespected, it's very difficult for you to forgive. And you know who is in the company? You know who, the, you, know who you are in the company of if you have that? Who has that problem here? Who has problems forgiving if somebody... You're in the company of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. There's an entire verse that we're going to read about him. When one of his relatives uh, unfortunately pushed forward the rumor about Aisha, the, the false rumor, right? The hadith of if He had a lot of trouble forgiving that person. So it's not to say that you're an evil person if you have trouble forgiving. It's a human reaction. But part of Ramadan is to seek a more like divine personality, an angelic personality. And that's why we're trying to identify the human shortcomings and say, okay, how can we get better than that? Okay, very good. What else? Who else has trouble forgiving? Yeah. When somebody, don't, when somebody doesn't apologize, don't realize they've done something. When somebody doesn't apologize. Very interesting. Why, does that, why do you think it's tough to forgive? Okay, how does it normally happen? Person does something wrong, everyone goes to sleep, the next day they wake up, good morning. Yeah. yeah, and they don't, and they don't, there's no closure, right? A lot of people wonder, like, they ask this question about Allah, like why does Allah need us to repent? Allah doesn't need anything. Allah doesn't need anything, doesn't need you, doesn't need me, doesn't need us to repent. But what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us is that in order for you to have closure from the sin that you committed, Repentance is the closure. Just like when a person wrongs you, you expect there to be an apology in order for your relationship to move forward. Now what's interesting about apologies is that what happens to your relationship if they do apologize? It actually gets better, not just better in general, 
better than it even was before. The power of an apology, subhanAllah, the power of tawbah, is that your relationship actually improves versus where it was before the oppression or the transgression was even in the first place. So if you apologize, now we don't like apologizing because it, it means what? Humans hate to apologize because why? It means that you admit you're wrong. You admit that you're wrong. And no one likes to admit that they're wrong. And that's why even in our apologies, we're really bad. Right? I'm sorry that you were upset. No, no, no. That's not apologizing, right? I'm sorry that you got your feelings hurt. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you... No. A good apology is, I'm sorry I. Right? Imagine apologizing to Allah for your sin. Oh, Allah, I'm sorry that you didn't like that I slept your fajr. It's not, it's not tawbah. It's like... <laughs> it's like a statement of fact. It's a summary of your sin. An apology always, ownership, 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 is always the key of an apology. So much so that the Prophet ﷺ taught us that apologizing, even when you don't think you need to apologize. The Prophet ﷺ was somebody who would always seek forgiveness from Allah, and he was not somebody that committed sins like you and I do. He didn't commit sins. So why would somebody who does not commit sins apologize? What's the benefit in that? Well, it creates a positive relationship. Okay, If a person comes to you and you love them and they love you and they've never wronged you, okay, but at every moment where there could be a vague opportunity for them to maybe, maybe they did do something wrong, a good personality, the character of a Muslim, will own up for that moment even if they don't know if they actually did something wrong or not. Okay? They'll call you and they'll say, I'm so sorry that, you know, I'm so sorry. Yesterday, did, did, I, did I hurt you? Did I offend you when I said this? And you're like, when you said what? When, you, when I said this to you, did I offend you? You'll say, man, I can't even remember that you said that. What does that show you about that person's heart? It shows you that they are so in tune with themselves. That they are aware that maybe if they didn't even do something wrong, I'm still going to take ownership for it. Because I am going to risk humbling myself incorrectly over letting you walk away with hurt feelings. Right? I'd rather humble myself inaccurately then let you walk away feeling devastated, okay? What else, anyone else? We'll give one more before we talk about the benefits. What do people do that you find it hard to forgive? Yeah? Betraying your trust. Betraying your trust, wow, mashallah. And that one I think is, is a fairly obvious one, right? No one likes to have their trust betrayed. No one likes to put every, in fact, it's one of the characteristics of the hypocrite. The Prophet ﷺ said, وَإِذَا tumina khana." When a hypocrite is trusted, they betray that trust. Okay, have you guys ever said this famous statement? Don't tell them I'm telling you this, but... You guys ever said it? I mean, the laughter is, unfortunately, you know, we're all guilty. Guilty as charged, right? That's not, that's not okay. You know, I have immense respect when I meet with somebody and they want to tell me something for some reason. Not just like gossip, right? They're not spilling tea, but they want to actually share something. Immense respect when that person says, Hey, um, let, me check and, let me check and see if I, I can even talk to you about this. Because this is something that like my wife or like my brother, my cousin, whoever, like I don't know if they're okay with it. To us, that might seem a little bit over the top. Like what do you, what's the problem? What's your issue? Like they're not here, they're not gonna know, I'm not gonna divulge, like it is what it is. But with a person who has such a high level of standard for their character, the beautiful thing about maintaining that standard of character is that they will never ever fall short even when the going gets rough. Like you can trust them in any situation. But ask yourself, are you somebody 
that in your character that you would even trust? With the amount that you divulge and the things that you say and all that, would you trust yourself with the secret that you had? It's a deep question, but it actually, it hits really hard. And this is what we try to aspire to have, okay? But forgiveness is something that we need to have. It's something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us. And there's five things that I want to talk about with forgiveness from the Quran, okay? Number one, this is going to be a tough one to swallow. You guys ready? Sorry, that was a fasting joke. This is going to be a tough one, okay? Forgiveness is not, we are not the gatekeepers to decide who gets forgiven. We are not the gatekeepers, okay? You guys know what I'm talking about? What do I mean by that? What do you guys think I mean by that? Let's play this game. We are not the gatekeepers to decide who gets forgiven. Okay, so it's not up to us, it's up to Allah. But sometimes we do have to forgive. Abdullah, God. Well, I'm just going to give the story of the person who killed 99 people. Mm -hmm. And at the very end, he asked someone, Allah, be forgiven. He said, oh, there's no hope for you. Yes. But then he asked someone else about knowledge and said, oh, you know, if you like separate yourself and remove yourself from this environment, inshallah, mm -hmm. Allah will forgive you. Mm -hmm. And he put an effort in. And it wasn't because, it was because that humans aren't the gatekeepers to Allah. Very good. Excellent. So Abdullah was saying, mashallah, here, that there's the hadith that's mentioned about the man who killed 99 people. Okay, then he goes and he feels bad, finally. And he asks somebody, I don't mean that in jest, like I just, you know, summer. He felt bad. And then he goes and he asks someone who's a pious worshiper, can God forgive me? Will God forgive me? And the pious worshiper says, no, of course not. You're a murderer. You're never going to be forgiven. Get away from me. The murderer gets upset and kills him. So now he has a hundred. And then he feels bad again. So then he goes, and this time, instead of going to like a pious worshiper, he goes to a scholar, somebody who actually has studied theology, knows about the forgiveness of Allah, and asks, can God or will God forgive me? And the scholar says, it's possible. You can, of course. God forgives everything. But in order for you to be forgiven, you have to make repentance, make tawbah, seek his, for, seek his forgiveness. And specifically for you, there is a condition that you have to leave. You have to you have to make you know you have to migrate from the city, you have to go somewhere else. Okay, that's the condition for you to be forgiven. And then the story carries on, right? That he was on his way, and in the middle of the path he passed away. And then the angels that were coming to take his soul to decide whether or not he had made it, Allah Ta'ala decreed that if he was closer to the new destination, he would be forgiven. But if he was not, then he would not be forgiven. So then they measured his body in one narration that says it was exactly in the middle. And so out of his mercy, Allah Ta'ala shifted under his body the earth. So that his body stayed and the earth moved, and his body made, went that much closer toward the new city, thus he was forgiven. So this is an interesting story, because, let me ask you guys seriously, if you were the pious monk, or the worshiper, or the scholar, and a man shows up, or a woman shows up at your door, and is like, I killed a hundred people, what would you say? Many of us hear that story, and we're like, wow. Allah is so forgiving. That's incredible. And then when the, when the pious person, when the worshiper gets killed and then the scholar says, you'll be forgiven, we're like, why would that worshiper have ever said that? Of course Allah can forgive. But would you have said that? I mean, a lot of people do things a lot less uh, egregious than killing 100 people. They show up and ask us for forgiveness. We're like, no way. Right? So we, as a part of God's wisdom, we are not the gatekeepers of who gets forgiven. And that is a very, very, very tough pill to swallow. It's very bitter. Because sometimes people will do things that in your mind, in your heart, are absolutely unforgivable. 
you're like, this is the worst thing that a person can do. I don't want to bring up examples because it doesn't bring benefit to imagine these things. But I want you to imagine somebody in your chest, whether you know them or not, in your heart, that you imagine that you would never forgive them. Like the last thing you said to them was, I'll see you on the day of judgment. By the way, guys, let's stop using that as a threat. It's really scary, okay? I've gotten text messages before. I didn't respond, and they're like, brother, right? I heard a good one. May Allah ignore you like you're ignoring me. May Allah ignore you like you're ignoring me. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> that's a horrible thing to say, right? And I look forward to counseling your children in the future, because that's a horrible thing, right? <laughs> but seriously, but seriously, we leave people, and, and I've, actually, I've actually met people. Man, there's a, there's a brother, I can't tell you who, there's a brother that I know. This is so bad, okay? He, he had, okay, on the, uh, every year in Hajj, okay, there's a day called the Arafah. Arafah is the day of dua. Arafah is like, I want you to understand how important dua is that day. It's so important that the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ on that day is that you combine your Dhuhr and Asr prayer. Because the window of time for dua is from Dhuhr to Maghrib. And so they combine the prayers so that there is no interruption. You have an entire day from Dhuhr to Maghrib till sunset to make your dua. So it's so important that you combine your prayers. It's, a, it's actually a special kind of jama'ah, okay? Now, you know what's crazy? <laughs> I have a friend who has a, has a list of du'as. Everyone has a list of du'as, okay? Like a list of, you know, things I want, things that, you know. This person has a list of du'as against people that he's making du'a against. <laughs> and every arafah, he ha- and, and, and you know what he says? And it's usually not like, it's usually not like, um, like none of us are in danger, don't worry, okay? Like, it's not gonna be the random civilian person. It's usually like political leaders. <laughs> but he says, like, if something bad happens, he's like, add them to the list. And we know exactly what list he's talking about. When he says that, he's like, I can't wait till next year. I'm going to add it to the list. And honestly, it's really scary, right? It's really scary. So the point being is that if we were in charge of each other's forgiveness, I don't think anyone would be in paradise. Like, if humans were in charge, so much so that we are told by the Prophet and by the companions that Allah Ta'ala is even more merciful than your own parents when it comes to this. Like if you had, you know, if you had to imagine like the most forgiving entity in your life, for most people, there are some exceptions, it'd be your parents. Now imagine that the Prophet is telling us that on the day of judgment, when what's between you and eternal happiness and bliss and salvation in Jannah is only your mom and dad, that you would feel so confident that they would let you in, knowing what's at stake. The Prophet ﷺ and other companions have said similar statements, teach us that on that day, you wouldn't even want your parents to be that person. Because human beings, when we get hurt, forgiveness is a very difficult process for us to go through. And so Allah himself tells us that you are not the gatekeepers of forgiveness. When someone wrongs you or someone you know, forgiveness is a command from Allah that is to be followed and not to be assessed as to whether or not you should do it or not. It's so difficult. It's such a tough pill to swallow because all of us right now are thinking about the most like egregious oppressors that we can think of. And again, when we say forgive, we're not talking about enabling, We're not talking about supporting, endorsing, none of that. Forgiveness means one thing. On the day of judgment, I'm gonna have nothing held over you. On the day of judgment, I'm not gonna bring anything to Allah about you. 
Forgiveness doesn't mean that we're best friends. It doesn't mean that I always tell people, if someone stole your wallet, you can forgive them, but don't leave your wallet around them again, okay? Like, forgive and forget, kind of. You're allowed to change your behavior based on the oppression that you experienced. Of course, if someone's wronging you, oppressing you physically, mentally, emotionally, you're allowed to set up boundaries, for sure. We learned this, right? The Prophet ﷺ didn't just allow oppression to occur in front of him and then tell the person, forgive and move on. No, right? But he did encourage people that once those boundaries and once the safety, emotional, mental, physical, was set up, the best thing you can do is forgive. Why? Because forgiveness is one of the greatest psychological practices, not for them, but for you. Think about how many people we allow to take up emotional real estate within us, as they say, living rent-free in our heads. Think of how many people that we are so hung up on, the one thing, the one thing that they did, or whatever, the things that they did to us, and as of right now, we're in a situation where we're not, it's not currently happening, or maybe it is, and we're just trying to process past it, but forgiveness is the one thing that's holding us back from, tra from transcending to that area where we're no longer heavy about it. And subhanAllah, when you forgive, you experience a lightness and a, a relaxation in your chest and in your heart that cannot be replicated. When you finally, and I'm not saying fake forgiveness. Oh, I don't even care. Yeah, you do. All right? Yeah, you do. I don't care. I don't care what she does. I don't care what he does. What are they doing though? All right? When I say forgiveness, I mean forgiveness to the degree where that wrong, when you think of it, you don't feel any more that you deserve to have retribution for that because you know that you've forgiven it, okay? Forgiveness like if somebody came to you and asked you for a piece of gum and you gave them a piece of gum, you don't ask them to pay you 25 cents, okay? If you invited someone to your house for dinner and they came and they ate, you don't send a Venmo request. Although I heard that's a thing now. And I don't know if I can forgive that. That's one thing I probably could not forgive, right? Forgiveness means that I don't even think about it anymore. Okay, now how do we know this from the Quran? Allah mentions a group of people who, he, and he mentions the sins that they committed. He calls them Ashab al-Hijr. Those people of the, the Stone Valley. The people of Thamud. And he describes them. And he says, number one, they denied their messengers. He says, we gave them our signs, they turned away. They continued violating all the commandments of Islam. They oppressed people, they hurt people. These are people that harassed the prophets that were sent to them, that tried to kill them. I mean, all the worst things you can imagine. I want you to imagine Quraysh, you know, Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, etc. And I want you to imagine what they did, okay? So Allah is describing these people. And He says that, as a result, the prophets would warn them, and the prophet would tell them, right? Okay, if you do this, realize there, there might come punishment from God. And on the Day of Judgment, you're not going to be able to escape. So what did they do? They carved homes into the caves, into the mountains, and they felt safe. Almost like mocking them. Like, oh yeah, you think your God can come get us now? Look at this. Can your God get us now? Right? And so Allah Ta'ala says, so we took them. And we, we, we snatched them away with this almighty blast, right? Some scholars say it was sound, some say it was wind. But either way, it was some sort of just transcendent force that was able to navigate even through their stone homes and capture them and capture their souls. And Allah Ta'ala says, and with all of their wealth, 
and with all of their riches, nothing was able to help them. And then Allah Ta'ala, He finishes the verse, and He says, وَخَلَقْنَا السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ That we are the ones who created the heavens and the earth. We are the ones who made all of this, and we did it in due and exact proportion. It's perfect. Okay? وَإِنَّ السَّاعَةَ لَآتِيَةٌ فَاسْفِحْ الصَّفْحَةِ الْجَمِيلِ Allah Ta'ala says, فَاسْفِحْ الصَّفْحَةِ الْجَمِيلِ So then he commands us, forgive people in a beautiful way. Forgive others. Have forgiveness. Overlook in a beautiful way. When I was reading this passage, I thought it was so profound that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala can tell us after a group of people violated him, wronged him, you know, oppressed their responsibility to Allah, okay? And the ones who were held accountable will be punished and held accountable. But there will be people who will be forgiven from every generation, from every ummah. And Allah Ta'ala is reminding us that no matter what wrong we do, He will forgive us. I mean, we learn a hadith that a person commits a sin, and they ask Allah for forgiveness, and they go back and they commit the same sin. Would you ever be able to forgive the same person twice? That's like, you know, I ask people, subhanAllah, in the most like egregious sin that a person could commit, you know, would you forgive somebody? They say yes, but only one time. Allah in this hadith gives four instances of the same sin over and over and over and over again. And the person comes back to Allah, oh Allah, forgive me. And Allah brags and says, look at this person, look at how sincere they are. They're seeking my forgiveness. Let it be known I forgive them. The person leaves, goes and commits the same sin. I want you to imagine like missing Fajr Monday through Thursday. Every day you wake up past sunrise, you're like, dang, here I go again, right? You go back to Allah, oh Allah, forgive me. Finally, on the last time, Allah says something so profound. Allah says, look at my servant who committed the same sin four times and did not tire from coming back to me. Kept coming back one, two, three, four times. Then Allah says something different. He says, let it be known that I have forgiven him or her from anything that they ever do. I've forgiven them completely. It doesn't matter what they do. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us. This kind of forgiveness is what he calls a al jamil a beautiful kind of forgiveness. Somebody mentioned here that one of the traits of forgiveness is to forgive without reminding or holding it over the person that you've forgiven them. Because that's not true forgiveness. Forgiveness while shaming is not forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives us and does not blast our deeds. Can you imagine if Allah connected your Instagram to your sins? And everything was just like alive as soon as you started sinning, right? It's like Fedra time and it's just on your face, you're shriveling on your pillow. And everyone gets to watch a live feed of two hours of you missing, the sun is rising in the background, right? Or of you talking back to your parents and saying mean things or backbiting your friends and it's all posted. I know it sounds like a Black Mirror episode, right? Probably is at some point. Could you imagine? Allah is so merciful that He does, he, uh, He's Al-Ghafoor, right? He's the one who covers Al-Ghafab, the one who covers all of our sins. I mean, think about it. We're walking in here now and nobody knows the sins that we committed. Everyone assumes the best of each other because we have to. Even though some companions, they said that if you could smell sins, none of you would be able to sit near me. They were so self-aware that they said if you could smell, if sins had an odor, none of you would be able to sit near me because they were so aware of their sins. It's from Allah's mercy and His forgiveness that when a person does wrong, it does not exist in their identity. It doesn't become a part of your essence. What does that mean? It means you always have a second chance with Allah. Always. Okay? So number one is that we are not the gatekeepers of sin. 
in a in a word here, don't refuse to forgive somebody just because their mistakes look different than yours. Many of us, we judge other people's mistakes and we look at our own and we're like, but my mistakes are normal. I have normal mistakes. How could that person ever do that? I have a normal mistake. That's not how forgiveness works. Forgiveness is essential. It is a trait of the heart that is essential, that is not restricted. Just because a person engages in in, in, in shortcomings that look different than yours. Because guess what? Just like you and I have sins that are personal to us, that look normal to us, that person probably has a sin that looks normal to them. And we're sitting here looking at them in disbelief. How could they do that? Well, you know what? If our sin was revealed, may Allah protect us. If our book was revealed to everybody in our life, they might look at us and say, how could you do that? How could you do that? You know, it's interesting. I tell my son Musa, sometimes he he snaps and has tantrums and stuff like that. It's very interesting. I want you guys to realize something. Anyone here know young children? You have young children in your life somehow? I want you to realize that anyone here get, be honest, we're, we're fasting. Anyone here kind of get annoyed sometimes? Right? Like, you're like, oh my God. Okay, there's way too much agreement on that. Okay? Have some mercy, y'all. <laughs> you get annoyed, right? I want you to know that that young child is your nafs. That lives within you. Be honest. Be honest. Okay? Musa this morning, I walked out of my room and I saw him in the pantry taking the cookies upstairs. <laughs> and I li- listen to this little genius child. I said, Musa. He said, what? First he goes, aw, you weren't supposed to catch me. He's obsessed with sneaking, man. I thought Shaitan was locked up this month. Shaitan's whispering this poor kid's ear, man. He's like, oh man, you caught me. I said, Musa, what are you doing, man? He said, I'm having cookies. I said, yeah, obviously. I'm not asking you literally the question. I'm asking you, what are you thinking? I want cookies, right? So I said, how many are in there? And they're tiny, they're small cookies. He goes, there's four. I said, okay, I did the math. I'm like, four of these, regular, small is like a regular size cookie. I said, okay. He said, and mama said I could have them. <laughs> so Musa's not a liar, okay? I'm not, you guys ever heard of a white lie? I'm not talking about his skin color. I'm talking about, if you guys ever heard of the white lie? He's a white liar. So I said, mama said you could have those? He said, yeah. I said, okay. Um, get a bowl and go, go, I guess go in, man. Like, enjoy. This is Lord, enjoy for the rest of us, man. Like, you know, I wish I was you. It must be nice, right? So, so then I, I look at, I look at my wife and she's in the room and I, I just, something in me, I was like, let me just ask her. I said, did did you say Musa could have cookies? She goes, yeah, like an hour ago. I gave him eight. <laughs> and I said, man, this guy took Ijazah for three hours. And he's like, my permit is, is, is for the 24-hour pass, right? And I went out and I, and I asked him, and I was like, Musa, what are you doing? So that little child lives in you and I too, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Right? After Tarawih, what do you do? You go, the lights are off, people are sleeping, and you go look at the fridge. What kind of leftovers are they, right? Well, didn't you already eat dinner? You're like, yeah, I'm just having a bite, right? That's four samosas, not a bite, okay? So those children live inside of us, right? Those children live inside of us. And I want you sometimes to realize this. Musa, when he is, when he is, uh, when he's acting up a little bit, I'll ask him, because he really, you know, I said, do you want me to tell your teacher at school that you're acting like this? And he said, no, 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 Baba, please. Do you want me to tell your friends? No, 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 please. Right? There's a certain sense of urgency we have when we know we're going to be revealed. When we know we're going to be found out. Right? So 
have empathy when people do wrong things and realize that whatever someone's hiding, they're ashamed. And if that comes out for whatever reason, as bad as it might seem, forgiveness is the ultimate answer. It has to be. Doesn't mean that you don't change your behavior. Doesn't mean that you don't protect yourself. That's all a different conversation. We're talking about day of judgment, okay? Number two, this, has, this is something, forgiveness is something Allah has praised. He says, وَلَمَنْ صَبَرَ وَغَفَرَ إِنَّ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ عَزْمِ الْأُمُورِ Allah is praising the one who can forgive. He's saying that if someone can forgive, they have special talent. They are from the greatest of people, if somebody can forgive. He says, if they can't, they're not really noteworthy. But if they can, Allah is saying, He's taking a verse out of His Qur'an to praise those people who have the ability to forgive. Forgiveness is a trait that Allah praises unlike many other. When he says that this is from the greatest of strengths that a person can have is to forgive. Many of us think that holding a grudge is showing strength. Forgiveness is actually showing your strength. Holding a grudge is the human weakness that's within us. Forgiving is the divine strength that Allah Ta'ala gives us. Okay, So it is something that Allah Ta'ala has told you. When you find yourself forgiving and you're like, you know what? Why should I do this? Then answer yourself by saying, because Allah just told me that I am so special if I do this. I have attained rank with Him. Okay? It's like getting a blue check with Allah. Okay? Blue check? Online? No? Okay. okay. Alright. Forgiveness, number three, is a sign of trust in Allah. You guys ready for this? For, when you forgive, you have shown that you trust Allah. When Allah Ta'ala describes the forgiveness of the Prophet ﷺ with people, He finishes the verse by saying, How does forgiveness show that you trust Allah? Quickly, we only have like one minute. How does forgiveness show that you trust Allah? Well, yes. I wouldn't say, that, I wouldn't like, she said, you know that He's the most just and He's going to take care of it. <laughs> That's true in a way. But I wouldn't like conclude your forgiveness like that. Hey, I forgive you. Allah's going to take care of you. That's not quite there, right? Again, it's true. We know it's true. But when we say, I trust in Allah, you trust in Allah's plan. The entire strategy. Everything that's occurring. You forgive because you know that the one who told you to forgive has your back. Right? If someone's like about to get into a fight, and I'm like, leave it, leave it. Just leave it. They're like, why? I'm like, just come with me. Just trust me. Just leave it. The person leaves, right? And they say, why did you tell me to leave it? And I said, because there were cops there, because this there, because that there. Don't get into a fight. It's not worth it. Right? Your kids are waiting for you, this and this and this. That person can't realize why they should have trusted me until after. The moment, though, was that you have to show your trust. By doing what? By letting go. When you and I forgive somebody, we are displaying to Allah, Oh Allah, I feel so hurt right now. I don't know how I can ever let this person go. But oh Allah, you told me to let them go. And so oh Allah, I trust you. And I'm letting it go. I'm truly letting it go, oh Allah, because I trust you. Okay? So it's a sign of trust in Allah. So if a person has trouble trusting in Allah, in general, ask yourself, do you also have trouble forgiving? Because we learn in the Quran that there's a relationship between these two personality traits. Okay? Number four, when you reconcile with somebody, when you forgive, there is a reward, a special reward that is waiting for you. It cannot be attained except by reconciling with somebody. Guys, Ramadan is here. It is the month of reconciliation. Reconciliation does not mean 
we're best friends again, right? Hags, have a great summer. You signed their yearbook. Okay, this means, reconciliation means, hey, no bad blood between me and you, right? I hope, you know, and there's a lot of people that I'm not the best of friends with, but I hope I'll see them in Jannah. That's possible. You don't have to love everybody in the sense of like, oh my God, hang out every day. You can say, you know what? This person and I, when we get together, we just get into arguments. We don't really get along. But you don't have to damn them to hell. You say, oh Allah, I forgive this person. We're not the closest, but oh Allah, give them Jannah. Right? What a, what a complex, nuanced, emotional state for that person to have. May Allah give us that. Okay? And the last one is the most beautiful, which is when you forgive, the reward of that is that Allah forgives you. When you find the courage and strength to forgive somebody, Allah tells you that he will forgive you. When you look at somebody who's wronged you and you're weighing out whether or not you want to let, let them go, just think of all your sins. Think of all the times that you wronged somebody. And think of all the times that if you could have taken those words or statements or that pain back, you would have. You, know, you look at the pain in someone's eyes and you're like, I would give anything to have not hurt you to your parents, to your friends, whoever. When you are coming, when, you, when a moment like that comes across your desk and you're in the decision chair, remember the time that you wish that you would have been forgiven. If anything, that will be your motivation. The person might look at you and be like, why are you forgiving me? And you actually might tell them like, not because of you. I'm forgiving you because I need forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants the ummah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu to forgive each other because he knows that we need it. If we lived in an ummah that did not forgive one another, our families would crumble, our friendships would fall apart, our community couldn't stand each other. The only reason why we can coexist in the way that works for the harmony of Islam is through forgiveness. Do you want to be part of the cohesion or do you want to be part of the destruction? If you want to be part of what keeps us together, be forgiving and inspire people to forgive. We ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive us. We ask Allah Ta'ala to make us those who forgive. We ask Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala to forgive all of our sins. Oh Allah, we ask you to accept our fasts. We ask you to accept our prayer. We ask you to accept all of our du'as. Oh Allah, we ask you to accept all of our actions during this month of Ramadan. Oh Allah, as we have finished and concluded these first 10 days, we know that we have made mistakes. Oh Allah, we know that we have shortcomings. Oh Allah, we ask you to overlook those shortcomings. Oh Allah, we ask you to give us in the next 20 days of this month, Ya Allah, the best possible deeds this month, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you to allow us to experience that transformation. Oh Allah, you know that our hearts carry this weight and this rust, Ya Rabb. Oh Allah, we ask you please to allow us to scrub our hearts from this rust and to come closer to you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. We ask you, Allah, to allow us to be part of the messenger, the, the path of your messenger, Muhammad Sallallahu Guys, everybody, I have a very important announcement to make. There's a good deed that I want everyone to take part in right now. Has anyone here seen the droughts that are affecting the Horn of Africa? Anybody? You've seen it on your Instagram, you've scrolled past. One of my very good friends, a brother of mine, his name is uh, Sheikh Mahmoud. He's here with us, Sheikh, you wanna raise your hand really quickly. He's the director of an organization called Haro, H-A-R-O, Haro. And uh, they have an Instagram account, I'm gonna send it out. It's at Haro Somalia. And you can sign up, inshallah, for $20 a month. And in that $20 a month, you will have given clean water and clean food and nutrition and so many benefits to orphans and families in the Horn of Africa that need it desperately. 
$20, guys, I've seen some of these iftar buffets. They are way more than that, and they're definitely not all that, okay? Give up one iftar buffet this month. Have your rice and lentils, and give clean water to these young children, these families in the Horn of Africa, okay? I want you guys, I promised him that Roots is a generous community, so don't embarrass me, okay? Haro Somalia, H-A-R-O Somalia, okay, on Instagram. Follow their link and donate, inshallah, okay? And if we can get to a certain number, Roots has an amount of zakat that will match, inshallah, so if we can get a certain amount of sustainers, we'll double that. So when you give your 20, you're actually giving 40, okay? So we're gonna, everything that's collected tonight, Roots is gonna match it, inshallah. Okay, so please be generous and sign up to be a monthly sustainer at Haro, inshallah. Okay? Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum.